Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If he's 5'10", 190 pounds, and probably doesn't work out at all, and then Anthony Richardson has like a Cam Newton-esque workout, which I think is distinctly possible, then I think you will start to get a lot of those, hey, this guy should be the first overall pick because he has those high-caliber traits. Oh, baby. Chris Trapasso on WGR recently talking about Anthony Richardson of Florida. Yeah, eyes on him uh, this weekend. Bryce Young, who is the likelier first quarterback taken, which is probably going to mean first pick of this draft, at least as of now, is not going to throw this weekend. And that, I guess, is to, was to be expected. Uh, but Richardson... Richardson is one of these, like, there are more and more of them, doesn't it seem like? Uh, just insane talent, quote, raw type players, and who is dog enough for them? I love the idea of the Raiders for him. Not, you know, speaking as a Bills fan, but just for this draft. Like, what would be the perfect draft for storylines and intrigue? Like, if the Raiders, this is what I hope happens. I guess that's what I'm saying, right? That the Raiders shun Aaron Rodgers, that everybody does. Just just like, you know what? Not worth it. Too old, headache, too much money, trade compensation. There's like every reason to not like the idea, except for the fact that he's a legend <laughs> and maybe still good. But I, I want teams to be like, no, this is a bad, this is a bad play. So the Raiders who pick seventh, I think, maybe like Chris is talking there, maybe that's too late for Richardson. It shouldn't be late. Too late for quarterback four. There's Will Levis, too. Like I'd like to see the Raiders end up there with one of these guys and see what that amounts to. Put them in. Let's see what uh, what that is. I was thinking about, real quick, I'm going to get to the phones, but like Derek Carr. So Derek Carr is on the free agent circuit. There was a report today that he's not about to decide. This one today, <laughs> Bulldog would be proud. This one today is like everything. You could just tell who's doing the talking. In this, I think it's Albert Breer, the story. Like, oh, he's not going to decide soon. Oh, really? Okay, well, that's what Carr wants you to think. And then when it comes to the section about the Jets, it's like, oh, the Jets could consider other options, even Ryan Tannehill and just, you know, doing the Lord's work. So Carr, like, I think Carr is a good idea for the Jets. Like, I, I think if I were the Bills, that's the thing I would want least to have happen would be Derek Carr there. I think you get years there, and he's okay. And they've got a good enough team where I think that could be really interesting. I mean, Rodgers, at best, is going to be short-term. They're not going to go with a rookie. Then we're on the Tannehill tier next. Like, Carr is the one scenario. I doubt you're scared of the New York Jets listening to me talk about the possibility that Derek Carr is their quarterback going forward. But I think it's the best they can do. I think Carr is the best they can do. And they are perfectly in the moment in time where you do that. He doesn't have to say yes, but this is why I have a bet with Bulldog that Carr gets a good contract. There are other teams who could want him, 
And I think the Jets have no better play unless it's Rodgers, which I just think, you know, come on, let's be better. Is Derek Carr better than Aaron Rodgers right now? That's a tough argument. But I like the Carr idea the most for them. Here's Jim on WGR. Hi, Jim. Good afternoon, Mike. What's up? Um, I had two quick points about the Bills. Um, first of all, I think, and this may be over oversimplifying, <clears throat> excuse me, but I think they need to focus on offense. I think in the grand scheme of things, it's easier for you to control what you do on offense versus what you do on defense. And I think a better offense with an average to above average defense would be a winning uh, combination. And the other thing is, real quick, is that Brandon Bean in the last few years has always fallen in love with trading back and getting extra picks and getting extra picks. And I see that when you're trying to build a team. But I think now where the Bills are at, you're not building. You need to make the move. And I think now's the time to package one of those day two or day three picks that he's so in love with to move up to get that guy, whether it's a receiver or your tight end or whatever the piece is that you need offensively. I don't think hoping it falls to you on day two, I don't think that's a great tactic with the team the way it's structured right now. You're eating into Josh Allen's career. You know, Diggs is getting older. you got to start making that move now. And I think that's a couple things that they need to do in my opinion, going forward. Well, what, what, offense and move up. what are you thinking of when you think they have some reputation for trading down? Like, that's James Cook, but is there a single other move? Well, I, I'm just saying over the years. It's Me too. I, I, I'm, also, I'm also saying over the years. I mean, go back to, like, when Mahomes came into the league, okay? They, the Bills were at that well, pick. They traded down twice. They got Trey White. Okay, that's good. They traded, they traded down once for Trey White. That's right. That was, Bean was not here. Okay, well, that was a hybrid where Look, they, was here, but they, was the other guy. They, they've traded up a bunch of times. They traded up for Shakir. Like, Jim, the, if they have a reputation for either, it's trading up, not down. Like, you could want them to trade up, but don't say they haven't done it. Well, Mike, okay, maybe what I need to be better spoken is trade up early. They trade up in the later rounds, and they seem to get value, and that's fine. I just think now, if there's a receiver out there that you need, and you clearly had a gap, at that two receiver after digs, then I think now is the time to trade up early in the draft. Later, okay. yes, they've been doing that and they've gotten value, and I agree with that. They, they've done it early too. I mean, you didn't misspeak. You said that they have a they, they have to stop trading down. They haven't been trading down though. That's just it's just incorrect. You want them to trade up? I don't. You may not know this. I've said it a billion times, but that is not my formula. In fact, there haven't been five things I can think of that I've criticized this regime for in terms of management. And roster structure, they've roster structure, they've done so well, but there have like, Cody Ford was trade up, Zay Jones was trade up, like that's early rounds. You're saying they haven't done that? I can name names. Of course they've done that, and I want to see less of that. I want to see that practice stop. Period. Last year it did. I mean, year to year, it doesn't have to just be like they have a new philosophy or a new mantra. <laughs> Last year they didn't, they didn't trade up. Well, they did. They did trade up for Elam. Actually, two spots. Yes, they did. Yeah, Jim, come on. What we're, we're watching here? They did trade. They traded up for Elam. The I can't even have a conversation with trade up guy because you're missing the most obvious thing there is about the draft. It is provable. You're probably not going to hear it said too often because I don't know. We just we can't face it. But it, that's actually not a joke. We can't face it. 
because so much of the media machinery when it comes to the draft is some actual ability to determine which ones will be the good players that does not exist. (laughs) There is a certain inability to do that that should be accepted. And teams act like they know when they don't. And the media act accordingly, often, usually, anyway, they act accordingly and play along. It really just isn't, no, none of that is a good idea. I'm sorry, no offense, I don't mean this personally. None of that is a good idea. Like, you, the Bills are not a team that has this reputation you claim they have. They have more the opposite. And what you said, though, like, I'll just, I'll relax. What you said, though, is you want them, this is a year to trade up for a receiver. And I, I can't be duplicitous about this. I think, again, that they need a receiver, but I do not want it that way. Because it, uh, it implies that you know you are willing to give up an extra player for like to, to show this knowledge that is not real that a certain guy is the one. And so I don't and I I'm not being like this is not I'm not changing my story. I did not blame them last year for not getting one of those those six, the big six, if you will, in the first round, because they were taken. And so you do the next thing. And that was Elam. They traded up for Shakir. Like, that's a long list of guys. Shakir was, they, they traded a sixth to move up 20 spots in the fifth round. In the fifth round. Like, who do you think you are? Knowing, and then they didn't use him. Like he, So they traded up for him, and he was good, and he sat. Come on, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? No, don't, don't, don't. Tell me they have to stop trading down the bills? Yikes. All right, thanks for the call, Jim. Here's Dan next. Hi, Dan. Hey, Mike. Actually, I think it's been way more interesting on draft days uh, as opposed to previous years. But what I don't like is that we never have faith in our rookies. We do go up and we trade up for these guys. We trade up for Shakir's. But then they just ride the bench. They're not given the opportunity that they need to. That's the only knock I have on this regime when it comes to drafting. Okay, thanks. 803-0550 is the number. Chad Dedeminisis on the Sabres coming up in uh, in 20 minutes. I'll just give you uh, – here's my Sabres uh, stance as we enter trade deadline week here. So, interesting times. I mean, a great weekend. Timo Meyer traded to the Devils. The Leafs making moves. The Leafs and the Lightning seem like they're playing ping pong, just trying to firm up their rosters to beat the other. They know they're playing each other. So, like, it's a tough first round, again, here in, in this division for those teams. Um, I'm really impressed with the Sabre season and with what what I think I know about how they operate in terms of the front office, I think we're real, we're in a really good place with them. And you know we've had in here you know numerous conversations by now about so what about the trade deadline? Like, is it time to push? I don't know what they'll do, but at the risk of a, of being sort of annoying here or a buzzkill. I think the more I see these trades like Meyer to the Devils and what Toronto is up to and Tampa and others, I just think the better play is to just play it slow. I would like it a lot 
if the Sabres traded for two or three, as many as two or three role player types, you know, especially at least one defenseman. And, you know, it's not any kind of a household name, not a big contract or anything, but somebody that their data shows them that is better than the role he's in, than the team he's on, how, how they value him. These are the, 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 the so-called smart moves. And that is like, Meyer's gone now, but, or Chikrin, it's just not the right time for it, I think. Meyer was different because Meyer was somebody you might want to invest long-term in, but it was still only might. He doesn't have a contract past next year, so it would still be like a commitment you would be choosing to make. And I think once you make that trade, you're choosing to make it, and that's going to be New Jersey now. But it's just, for me, the the conference is too stacked. Like Boston, Carolina, best case scenario is probably one of those teams, or the Devils, like the Devils could catch Carolina. But Toronto and Tampa, like it's, you're doing fine. I want to I want to see them end the drought too. Maybe they'll end up doing it like the Bills did, where I mean the the Sabers have better metrics this year than that Bills team did. That Bills team was a fluke, but they did it, and it changed everything. It took all the pressure off, you know, going forward for Sean McDermott. Like it wasn't an 18th year without the playoffs. It should have been, but it was a they they did it, and so that story just went away. The black cloud, you know, went away. And it had to have made life easier for them in, in different ways. And I think that's true of the Sabres, too. Why wouldn't it be? So if if they can get in with the team they have, then uh, that's a great day and a great result, no matter what happens in the playoffs. You're, you're going to be a big underdog against anybody you would face. We'd love to see it happen. The teams around them are not so good where this has to be at all out of reach. Like, it's right there. They are maybe about a coin flip. To make it, so that's good. But dra- high draft picks, second up. Um, anybody that you've drafted high that's coming up, the Rochester guys, last year's three ones, I'm not thinking that way. I, I've listened to it. We've talked about it. We've talked it out. You know, maybe it's time to do it. You can't dress them all <laughs> eventually. I don't think you're going to be faced with that. And if you get to a point where they're all too good, then you can figure out a trade at that time, you know, do something down the road. But I am not, like, anxious. Eager is good, nervous, or good, whatever, and anxious is bad, the same thing. I, I'm not anxious about, uh, you know, the possibility of the Sabres not making, like, an important deal here uh, this week. I'm, I'm eager to see whether they can get in with what they have and, of course, what they'll do. But I'm telling you, I'm not pushing for anything. I think... I think the the top of the conference is too strong for me to want to act like I'm making a move that would really kind of have to be I want I could need to beat somebody in the playoffs. I'm going to do something big like that. Like Meyer maybe would have been that. Oh, what are the Sabers thinking here? Like they can beat the Bruins or they can beat Carolina. Then you have another guy on a big contract going forward. I'm not mad that they didn't get him. It would have been interesting, maybe really good, but I'm okay. Like, I just want to, I'm taking sort of a, I reserve the right to change my mind, but for now, as deadline week uh, gets going, at least in terms of our show and our conversations, I'm not really looking for a lot. I'm neither expecting a lot, but nobody's telling me uh, what their plans are. 
Chad Dinaminisis, I mean, a, a downright authority on all this stuff, players, strategy, everything. He'll join me at 4, and we'll talk this uh, through in more depth. Also today, Ravens, Jeremy Kahn of Baltimore, Sal Capaccio, and Dan Leberfeld on the Jets. Thanks for being along. This is Mike Shope. Bulldog is off this week. This is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t